we look, what is the longest filler that anybody davened which is recorded in the Torah? And we'll see that the longest filler there is is the filler of Avram Avinu Fastam. And Avram tries and negotiates and asks and pleads 50 people, 40 people, 30 people, 20 people, eventually even 10 people. And the Kaddish Baruch says it's not even 10 people. And some gets destroyed. And we could think that after being told about such a lengthy tefillah, Avram didn't achieve anything. The tefillah wasn't accepted. And we need to understand that that's not the right Ashkaf to daven. When a person davens, the tefillah is accepted. You just have to understand how. But being as it's a Shiran Chinuch, more than a Shiran Tfilah, so I want to make another observation also. And that is just like it's important for ourselves to know, and the Chazak in ourselves, the one that Hashem accepts Tfilah, the same thing applies to children also. We have to mechazek in them the concept that filler works. Hashem accepts filler. And yet, very often, why people act is when someone's not well, so one tries to hide the information from children. And only when it gets to such a critical stage that it's mamish bikoch uh, nefesh. The person's mamish holding by to depart, then we try everything. So everyone gets told and they try to ask me to daven and they heal him or whatever it is. And sometimes at that stage it's just, it's too late. But think for a second. From the child's perspective, the cases where he's been involved in davening are cases where he doesn't see that the davening worked. He's going to start to feel that davening isn't effective. Therefore, it's important for a child also to daven for somebody who does get better. It's not only when a person is holding by a stage where everyone's given up hope that he starts to daven. Even a person who's much less sick, he's not feeling well, we can daven. And davening can change things and people recover. Because it's an important thing to understand that fear is a tool we have that our Kodesh Baruch listens to us. And fear can work. And I want to share with you two unbelievable stories. Unbelievable stories. Which both point to this tremendous Karechot Both I heard recently. The one from some young lady here in Israel called Mrs. Kadosh. I heard a story she said over that about herself. And when she was a young girl of 14, so her mother had a baby in the hospital. Obviously, all the brothers and sisters were very excited of a new sibling. And they decided they're going to go straight away to visit the mother of the newborn baby. The older brother was driving them to the hospital. Maybe he was a bit too excited. And the car goes off the road and they get into a tremendous, a terrible accident. And the one who's the most seriously hurt is this girl. At the age of 14. And the ambulances, the paramedics come and they start trying to resuscitate her to whatever treatment they can to bring her back. And she said the whole way through she could feel 
she could feel that her body, her neshama was leaving her body. She could feel that she wasn't really looking from her top and seeing the scene of her body lying on the side of the street with all the various paramedics huddled around trying to trying to bring her back to life. And they weren't succeeding. They tried again and again and there was no response. Eventually they tried they decide they're going to take to the hospital, maybe then they'll be able to try harder. Put in an ambulance, they raised the hospital. And so she could feel the whole time the neshama wasn't about it. She could see he either from above, from outside, which was being done to her. So when they get to the hospital, they rest up to the emergency room, pull open the doors, and immediately the orderlies pull the stretcher and they start winning it through the corridors of the hospital. She said she started, she felt as soon as she was taken into the hospital, they hadn't done any further treatments. They hadn't yet tried to do anything to her there, but she felt that her shaman was coming back into her body. She felt she was coming back to life. And eventually, it took a long time, she recovered completely. She to understand afterwards what it was that changed. When they tried to work on her, the scene of the accident, nothing helped. And when she was brought to the hospital, as soon as she came inside, she started to feel that she was she was going to come back to life. So she found out afterwards, when she was talking to her mother, I had given birth that same day, and the higher floor of the exact same hospital where she was taken to. So her mother said, yeah, sometimes after birth people are exhausted, have no energy. Sometimes they come up with low adrenaline. They feel very full of energy to do things. The mother said she just had the baby. The family wasn't there at the time. And she thought, what can she do? She's full of energy. She wanted to do something. What can she do? So she said she took out a sefer to hit him. And she said, I'm so happy now. She said, a little baby. I'm going to die. I'm going to say to hit him. For somebody in this hospital who's seriously ill, somebody in this hospital who's very sick, that they should have a refer shame. And so she started to say to him with Kabbana, not knowing that at that very moment they were wheeling her daughter in an unconscious state into the emergency room of that hospital. And also then I understood. It was before the doctors even began to do anything there. But the tefillahs of a mother for some sick person in this hospital were tefillahs which worked for her. She was the sick person who recovered from her mother's tefillahs. That's one story. Now I want to share with you a second story. A story said by Rav Peretz, probably today the senior rabbi in Mexico City. And he said that after the corona, so like everywhere else in the world, there are many people in Mexico who got sick. Many people, unfortunately, who are nifted. Some who have spent weeks, months, in an intubated, in intensive care. And the story is about one person like that, in a Peretz's killer in Mexico, who eventually recovered. And when he recovered, he made a sort of sita. And he called out my parents and he said, I'm making a sort of say, that I recovered. 
was holding by dying and so came back to life. I'm not making a big celebration, I'm not inviting the entire community. I'm just inviting 17 people. And he said, I would like, parents, I'd like to run to one of those 17 people. Okay. Okay. And when he said it at the meal, he looks around at the people around him, and he's trying to understand what was the connection that the people had to the person making the Siddha Siddha, and why they were singled out for an invitation. So he turns to the person next to him and says, tell me something, are you a relative? Are you a very close friend? No, none of that. He asks the person on the other side of him, are you a very close friend? Are you a relative? Also not. He doesn't understand, so what is it that these people were chosen for the, the guest list for the Surah Siddha? So until the Baal Simcha began to speak, he got up, he said, you all know, it was in the matter where he was holding by dying from Corona, and he said he, there was a stage during that period when he was in the intensive care that he felt as the Sham was leaving his body. Not only that, he already started to see family members who had already died around him in the room, as, is, as it were, to welcome him to El Abba. One of the people there was his father, who had died years before. And his father says to him, he says, you can't come with us yet. You're staying in that world. So he said, why not? So he said, because... There's something holding you back. It's pulling you down to either this world. You can't come up to Shemani. So he asked, what's holding me back? So he said, I'll show you. And he said, in the states of that semi-alive state he was in, unconscious state, he said he could see that there were 17 people we were busy saying to him for him. His father said, those to hit him are holding an item as And he said, and those 70 people, I could see them. And he looked around the table, said, it was you, and it was you, and it was you, and it was you. And that's why I invited you to celebrate this Hizasurasutah with me. Because you are the people who were saying to him for me. And in that source, I'm still here in this world. That's the Kayak of Tefillah, which we have to remind ourselves, strengthen ourselves. We can't always see that. And what when a Tefillah doesn't seem to be after? What about the Tefillah of Abraham Avinu Fustam? Rabbi said, we have to understand deeper. It's true that Abraham Avinu's Tefillah didn't help to save Stam. They were Rishayim and they deserved to be destroyed. But if we think for a moment, we'll see that Avraham Avinu's filler helped on a much, much bigger level. Because, as a result of Avraham Avinu's filler, HaKadosh Baruch Hu agreed. If there would be ten tzaddikim in a city, that city won't get destroyed. How many times could it have been that there were cities in Kali Yisrael which deserved to be destroyed? Whatever they may be, the reason may have been. And yet, there were ten tzaddikim in the city. 
And if there are ten tzaddikim in the city, Hashem won't destroy the city completely. That's what He promised Avram. That was the result of Avram's tefillah. Because the tefillah never goes forth. And this even has a halakhic implication. The Gemara in Megillah says, what's the difference between a kfar, a village, and an ear, and a city? A city denotes something which is much more permanent. So a village is something which is much more temporary. And the Gemara says, an ear is a place where there are ten people who are sitting and learning Torah. That makes it a place of permanence. That makes it an ear. Because if there are ten people learning Torah, then Hashem won't destroy it. That's the result of the Tefillah of Avram. We need to look for points like that. And emphasize points like that. Because that's the side of Tefillah. That Kaddish Baruch listens. And the Tefillahs work. It's an unbelievable swana at the beginning of Pasha Sayyari. It's often quoted and it's worth quoting again. It says, the swana is explaining why Sarah laughed. When she heard the Malach say she's going to have a child. And the Swana says she laughed because she didn't realize this was a prophecy from Hashem. She thought the person speaking was like a Navi. And uh, therefore, if a Navi would say that something as miraculous as that is going to take place, so she didn't think it was going to happen. Says the Swana, because in order for an outright miracle to happen, it needs one of two things. Either it needs a Dvar Hashem. It needs a Kodesh Baruch Hu himself in the word to say such a thing, not just the Baruch Hu Batsarik. The Hashem has to say he's going to do a, an open miracle, or, says the Sarna, the second option is it needs Tfilin. What a Tzarek, what a Novi can't say, if it wasn't with Dvar Hashem on their own, Tzvila can do. This final equates what Davini can accomplish with a Dvar Hashem, with a clear promise from Hashem Himself. And that's not the Yisait. Avram and Sarah were childless. We don't know when they married. But let's say they married at the age of 20, probably younger in those days. So it means for 80 years. And how many times did they double over the course of 80 years? And how many times did they try to have children over the course of 80 years? And one could think it's all for nothing. Even if they eventually were answered. But all those years and years were for nothing. I want to share with you an amazing point, Rabbi Sai. And that is, it's brought in the Gemara. If a ger davens, a ger can davens and a kainu v'lekeya v'seinu. You can approach Hashem as the God of our fathers. Why? He's not a direct descendant of Avram Yisrael Yaakov. He's not biologically part of Klai Yisrael. But the Gemara says, because Avram Avinu was the Av Hamangoy. Avram is called the Av of the Gerim. Now conceptually we understand that. Every Ger is following in the footsteps of Avram. It's a chart already, it's a, the course already charted by Avram, how to approach Hashem. 
But there's something deeper that the Mepharshim said as well. And that is, the Neshamas of the Geirim were created by Avram and Sarah during the course of all those years that they didn't have a child in this world. Yes, for 80 years, they were creating Neshamas. Those were Neshamas which didn't yet get clothed in human bodies. Because those were the Neshamas of all the Geirim which were going to come. And therefore, it's not just that a gear is following the footsteps of Avraham Avinu. Spiritually, he's a child of Avraham Avinu. His neshama was created from Avraham and Sarah. All those tefillahs, all those years, all his requests for children, are what created the neshamas of the Gerim, which over the course of history have drank our history. Because we emphasize the point again. No tefillah ever gets wasted. We have to teach that to our children. Daven for things which they can get. Daven for things which is not going to require a miracle for them to be able to see. And strengthen the concept that you you got this because you daven. You are matzliach because you asked. Because when you daven, Hashem listens to you. Because that's the most powerful tool we have. Our tefillah and our emunah that our Kodesh Baruch Hu accepts tefillah and responds to us.